0: Hello and welcome back to Chatty Champagne, the podcast where I give my unhinged opinions to stories I find on the internet. I'm your host Tay, as always, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Blake from All Yeah Records Podcast. Today I'm going to be reacting to Blake's own story, so it should be very interesting, and I will let Blake introduce himself.
1: Uh, Hi guys, Um, (laughs) my name is Blake and Blake, I'm with the All Yeah Records and All Yeah Records Podcast podcast. we have filmed, I believe, right shit, I don't even know how many episodes we've shot at this point, um, but we have been doing podcasts for over a year now, been a record label for almost two years, uh, just a good group of friends. Um, I've lived a bit of a crazy life over the last few years, so I might be sharing one or two stories with you guys.
0: <laughs> and uh, how did we meet?
1: Um, I believe that was the Pink Fifty show that was at the Sanctuary back in 2020 early 2023 late 22 maybe uh i don't remember the exact year but uh, i was at the sanctuary in ham for a pink Fifty show yeah that was where a great i show. blacked out i can promise <laughs> that much i blacked out at that show
0: yeah so he's a bunch of fun so this will be really really good today and definitely give All Yeah a follow on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. Am I missing any? Uh,
1: we're also on TikTok. You can find us oh, yeah. there. We have two different accounts. One we're currently in the process of making, which is going to be at All Yeah Records. And then we have uh, at All Yeah Pastime as well. Um, you can find us at either one of those. If you'd like to also take a look at our personal Instagram, you can find us at Chris Centers Type Beat, Beat Dorsey, and or All Yeah Blanket.
0: Yes, yeah, so today I'm doing something really different. Um, <laughs> The drink of the week is Labatt Blue.
1: <laughs> that's an Irish cricket for any of the all-yeah oh, listeners. You know what's
0: going on here. Um, <laughs> they-
1: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, for, just because I'm here as a guest, I'm going to change one thing real quick. Uh, on my podcast, we do do a, a word of the day or a drinking game for the podcast. We're going to do the same thing uh, for this podcast. I don't give a fuck. Sorry. That's, that's my rule. I just made up. We're going to do, every time I say the word fuck, you gotta take a drink.
0: Oh god, this is gonna be bad.
1: It's gonna be terrible. <laughs> it's
0: gonna be terrible. Okay guys, so sit back, relax, and grab your favorite drink and snack and enjoy the shit show that are Blake's stories. So Blake, what, what do you want to talk about first?
1: Um, I feel...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know where to begin. Um, I really don't. It's been... Uh, my life has been a mix of journeys, both, uh, inspirational and traumatic at the same time as being a detrimental, I mean, in a sense, uh, if I'm being honest, I've battled through addiction, uh, alcoholism, uh, I, I've fought drugs and put myself in some of the worst situations that one could maybe be in, um. So, I, you know what? We're going to start with the first story. This is probably one of my more wild ones. Um, Back when I was, I want to say, nine? no, I was 20. I was 20. I was 20 years old, and I was addicted to cocaine at the time. I was a young, young-looking man, and at like 3 a.m., I'm driving through. Detroit, just on the other, end. like, I'm not talking Southwest Detroit, guys. Like, it's very minimal Detroit. I'm just off the border, for those who know, right over by Outer Drive-In. Uh, Schaefer, Schaefer and Fort Street kind of area, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's not Detroit, but it's Detroit, yes. if you know, right? <laughs> um, and I go over there, and I, I pick up a bag of some Coke. And at, when I pull up, right when I pull up, there's a car behind me. They pull up, and they shut off their lights just a few moments after I do. We sit there, I make the transaction, I start pulling away. Right as I pull away, the car that I saw pull up behind me that shut off their lights pulls away right at the same time. So I start making my drive back, and I talk to my co-pilot at the time. I'm, I'm not saying names, I ain't no snitch. Um, and I talk to my co-pilot, and I'm like, dude, we're fucked. We're getting flicked. Like, I know what's about to happen. And um, for those of you who may know, I, I got an 8-ball that night. An 8-ball is 3.5 grams of okay. cocaine. It's a big sack. And uh, as soon as we get on the main road of Ford Street, they're still following me. I start bugging out. The only thing you can do in this situation, what do you do?
0: Swallow it. That's
1: right. Right? That's right. That's right. So I down that bitch, and I take it, swallow it clean. Not even a few blocks later, I get flaked. They toss the entire car. They ask me, what am I doing in the area? Tell him, man, the line's just lost. I owe a bet. I had to go drop it off for my buddy. Blah, 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 blah. They tossed the entire car. Tossed me. I end up getting away. Call my boy. Right as I'm leaving, I'm like, dude, you got to move. You got to lock up. Close down shop. Move out. You're hot. Get away. He ends up coming to my place later on that night and drops off a whole gram for free just because I was willing to swallow that bag for him and not ride him out. I would rather... I would rather put myself at risk in a jail cell than give up my plug in that moment. But that was also the same day that I realized I had a problem because I put myself in that situation. And it was the starting of the end for that addiction.
0: Right. And how did you, like, what did you, like, swallowing that was not healthy. So how did you end up throwing it up?
1: Um, so this is where it gets kind of bad, if I'm being honest. Um. Right after it happened and we finally get, like, over the police, talking to my boy, and I'm like, dude, I gotta get this out of my system. Like, it's in a small-ass sandwich baggie. Like, this isn't gonna last in my stomach. If it bursts, my stomach acid starts eating away. this. The only thing I get is a straight trip to the ER, you know, pump stomach, right? So I'm like, what do I do? Well, what does any normal person do when they need to throw up? They get McDonald's. (laughs) So I pull up to McDonald's, I order me a Big Mac, and I order me a 10-piece chicken nugget and a sweet tea. Two straws. The second straw will be important later, folks. So, booking back to my place, and I'm fucking blah, 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 I'm eating. Now, the reason I'm eating, for those who don't know, Coke doesn't make you hungry, right? So, you you don't ever have anything on your stomach, and I was on a bender for that weekend, so I there was nothing in my stomach and I had to fill it with something so I could eventually throw up again mm-hmm. because nothing's going to come out of there if there's nothing there. Even if it's just one bag, there's no substance to help travel it, right? Sorry for being graphic. I probably should have put a puke warning in this. Oh,
0: no. Don't worry. Um, <laughs>
1: but So I get the McDonald's and we're driving back and I'm munching it. As soon as we get into the place, my, my, where I was staying at at the time. Um, I had six buddies there, and three of them helped throw on this bag because we were getting one. And, of course, for those of you who know, you always get another. Um, <laughs> we 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 get the one, and I, I walk in the door, and everybody's like, where's it at? Where's it at? And I'm telling them, like, dude, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. Everybody's freaking out. Well, I'm in the bathroom trying to calm myself down. My other buddy tells them what's going on. In the whole situation that just happens next thing you know is I'm kind of like splashing my face with water trying to like calm myself down, getting ready to figure out what I'm gonna do next. my buddy comes rushing in with this big old salad bowl and that second straw and says, "Get the fuck over here grabs me by the back of the head, puts me over by the bathtub and st- and then grabs the the straw and shoves it down my throat as my other buddy is standing on the toilet saying, "Yeah, give it to me, give it to me." And my other buddy's rubbing my back sitting here is rubbing it, he's like, you got it, you got it, come on, Blake, come on, Blake, let it out, let it out. And I'm throwing up inside of a salad bowl, <laughs> over a toilet, over a bathtub, with six guys standing around me, in a small little apartment. And it's just going and going, and finally, I'm going to get in very described detail, I'm sorry for you <laughs> listeners. I felt... The bag come up oh. through the esophagus and c- c- go through the back of my mouth and come out. Like, Ouch. Like, like, you see the videos, like, you've seen the videos of, like, in movies where, like, something comes out of their mouth yeah. and you, like, 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 their face reactions. I had that little reaction. Like, I felt it travel through the esophagus and up and out. And this is the most disgusting part. The moment it was coming out, like, somebody behind me was like, I hear it. I hear it. And then in the moment it dropped in the bowl, the other guy that was sitting on the toilet just comes over my shoulder, grabs his hand Ugh. in the bowl of puke, and just grabs it, throws it in the air, and says, ha-ha! And then goes and washes his hand clean, and then just runs downstairs That and starts is
0: starts railing it. The worst part of the story is that part, and that shows you like how bad like addictions can get. And I bet in that moment you're like, yeah, I need to fucking stop doing this shit.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that changed my perspective on a lot of it. Um, the fact seeing him run away with that changed the whole perspective.
0: Yeah, that is wild. Um, that it's scary, and I'm glad you're okay. Like so many things could have gone wrong that night. So many.
1: Fun fact for those of you listening: I am now four years sober.
0: I'm so happy for you, and I, I'm, I'm glad
1: broken away from that 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 trauma that, that that time of my life. Um, I don't say that I hate it. Or that, like, I'm mad at myself for doing it because it was a part of my journey, it's something that I needed to turn into the person that's sitting here today talking to you on this podcast. But it's not something I recommend. Don't right. go looking for it. Don't, like, this isn't something that you need in life. Um, was it something that helped change me? Sure. Did it give me great stories? Yes. Do I regret it? 1000%. I wish I could have took back the moment that that addiction started. And I can, I can tell you the exact day it all started if you really wanted. I remember the exact moment where that addiction fell into place in my life. And if I could right now, I would take it all back in a second. For all the stories and all the moments that it's given me and all the experiences. Because I would rather not put the people that were around me uh, through what I did when I was in that position
0: right and I, I'm so like I'm so proud that you're able to open up about it and be honest about your past and I'm so happy that you moved on from that and that you you're sober now we just do the legal shit well, now right yeah, legal, yeah, legal. weed and alcohol is fine
1: California sober <laughs> yeah. I believe is what they call it when you do shrooms and smoke weed I think that's what they call it yeah. California sober I mean, that's a, that's what I would classify this more this morale as under
0: but yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very proud of you that you got away from all that and that you're okay now, because so many things could have happened.
1: Oh, especially now. I mean, for for any of you listening, I mean, if you know anybody that's in these these parts of their life with these addictions, I mean, right now in this era is the worst to be with the fentanyl epidemic that's going around. Um, I don't want you to tell you like reach out and help them and do whatever you can because at the end of the day, we all know they're not going to change until they're ready to change. But just don't give up on them because they will be ready one day to make that change and just be there for them when they need it because that's the best that a friend can do. And there's been multiple that I have in my life that stuck with me through that addiction that I fucked over time and time again, but they just didn't give up on me because they knew there was still a chance of hope. And in every person that's fighting that addiction, there is still that chance for you. Just don't give up on them. They they will come back once they're ready. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult to see them do it to themselves, but one day they will wake up. Just have faith.
0: Right, and I agree with that. And like you know, like from my personal background, that I dealt directly with uh with a drug addiction in uh, my last marriage uh, with my ex, and I witnessed a overdose of him, and I didn't know he was even on drugs, and I'm still traumatized from it. But I, he was past the point of no return, and I had to I had to do what I had to do and leave. Like,
1: and for the people that need to walk away from the situation, it hurts to do that when, mm-hmm. when somebody's broken and in an addiction because you don't want to leave them in that state. But sometimes they need that they need that rock bottom to build back up from, and it sucks. But as long as you're still able to be there for them if they need it, it means something. Um, and you know, in a, in your position, it may be a different story because of the situation it is um but it, for for people that are you know um if it's your best friend that you've had since high school you know like don't give up on him like they, they were your friend they're still that guy they just made bad choices and one of my friends from high school is still my best friend to this day uh, I work I won't say names but I work very close with him in multiple band with with multiple band things and shows and he's literally sought me through the hardest moments of my life and just never gave up.
0: I love that. I love that. That's such a great friend to have. And we kind of started out really, really dark. Um, So do you have any – you have – this guy has so many good stories, it's hard to, like, even, like – for him to even think of them because there, there's so many, they're so funny. Do you have anything that's, like, super funny? Funny? Yeah.
1: Funny stories. All right. Um, Funny, I don't – Huh I mean I don't know. I mean the the, the, the problem with funny stories is that it's a matter of perspective. Right? right. Like because one thing that I can think is funny, like to me it's funny is the one time I can <laughs> uh what's funny to me is so the same place I was living in, we me and a group of my friends ended up doing a bunch of ass. An absurd amount of acid. I got everybody like three hits of acid. And uh, my one buddy was staring at an Olive Parmer can and he was saying that it was trying to fight him and like talking demon like to him. So, what we did is we just, well, he kind of walked away and then he came back down and he like put a blanket over his head to like, because we all know when you're in acid, like you're just doing your own kind of thing, right? Um, he put his head up, and when he popped back down, we just lined up all around him of the auto-barber cans.
0: Oh, my gosh. So
1: it was just auto-barber's face staring at him for, like, three tiers of just cans. Oh, my gosh. And he just had, a like, a complete shit fit, just freaking out, breaking things and flaming everywhere, throwing cans, threatening to fight all of us. Like, that's probably one of the more funnier moments I have uh, in my life.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Um did like when did he realize like oh like everything's good?
1: Maybe four hours later. Wow. Maybe four hours later. <laughs> I mean, um I apologize that like these are like drug related stories in a sense, but uh most of my childhood is related around these. Um and these are just moments that like stick into my mind. And I I wish genuinely that I wouldn't have gotten into drugs younger. Um because uh, maybe these stories would be different, you know? Um, <laughs> and they wouldn't be where they're at. But at the same time, I don't regret the decisions I made, but I don't wish them upon anybody. You know what I mean?
0: Right, and, like, how did you, like, change your life around? Like, how are you where you are now?
1: Um, the biggest thing I would say is just realizing that as much as the the partying and the 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 enjoyment of the the thrill, I guess you can say, because... I mean, I'm sure you've heard the expression chasing the dragon, right? Right. Um, you're always looking for that 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 first experience that, um, you know, nothing was as good as that one night partying with. You know, you're right, always yeah. looking for that same experience. You'll never get that, that you felt that night. And realizing that and just understanding that every night can be a great night, just let it be the night that it can be. There's no reason to excel it. There's no reason to to, to push it or go further than what you need to make it that night for yourself um just because somebody else next to you is going above and beyond doesn't mean you need to or uh the story isn't over for the for that night just because you're not going to go and do something extra or harder drug or go out to the extra club like you've had your phone for that night like you can call your own cutoffs and that can be your excitement
0: right yeah that is um That is very true. I've like personally, I've never been that way. Um, I've never done any drug besides weed, but I get it. And like just knowing you, you know when to like stop drinking. You know when to go home. Like I know that about you. Mm -hmm.
1: And it's it's a trait that I mean, it it sucks to say. It's not something that everybody just knows off the first time going out and having fun. It's something I developed over time, and I've made an absurd amount of poor decisions that I'm not proud of, but you know, you gotta grow from them and move on and take those, take those choices that you made last night and decide that you'll never make those again and be a better person in a sense, you know? like Right,
0: exactly. Um, and uh, what, what are, like, some of the things, what are, like, some of your hobbies that you do besides, you know, working on uh, the record company and everything?
1: Old people shit.
0: <laughs> old people shit.
1: I love golf. I love bowling. I love pool, darts, um, anything that doesn't involve physical activity. Um, right, really old people shit. Like, <laughs> put a shuffleboard in front of me. I'll, I'll fuck around. Uh, you want to play foosball? Let's do it. Pinball? Let's do it. Um, music is a main hobby. I love live shows. Uh, I love local shows. Um, and then I, would, I, I would love to say like uh, visiting bars is a hobby or cigars, cigars maybe. Yeah, yeah. you love
0: your cigar bars.
1: Cigars definitely would be a hobby, I guess you can say. Um, something that I look forward to throughout the week.
0: Yes, definitely. And do you have any other, anything else you want to share?
1: Um, I mean, what would be a fun little ditty to tell you folks? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know what? I never shared this story on a podcast.
0: Ooh, let's hear it.
1: I will to tell you the story of uh, me getting expelled from eighth grade.
0: I think I may have heard this one, haven't I?
1: Uh, I believe so. Yes. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to take y'all way back. What's happening? Or back to the Future, DeLorean. Skirt on back to like 2014, 2015, right? I'm talking December of 2014. Barack Obama's president. We're hot in Iran. um, Fucking it's December like 18th-ish. It's right before winter break. We're in middle school, right? Well, I was in middle school because I got held back a year. Technically, I should have been in ninth grade. So depending on where you're at on this lying, you know, you're 8th or ninth grade. And uh I was grounded all summer. I was grounded for the entire year uh because I stole a bunch of shit and I made a bunch of poor decisions because I wanted to be the cool kid smoking weed every day. So I was grounded for an entire year and I was getting drug tested at home and I was like how am I going to like get fucked up, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to fucking deal with shit. So I there's this one guy I met in school, and he's like, "Hey bud, I can get you some Zannies." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "I can get you two Zanny bars for five bucks."
0: Wait, wait, wait! Did you know what Zanny bars were? Not a clue. No, I'm a fucking thirteen years old,
1: I'm a fucking thirteen year old little pre-pubescent boy. I barely know what a boner is. What do you mean I know what a Zanny bar is, right? So he's like, "I can get you a Zanny bar. I can get you two of them for five dollars if you know Zanny
0: bars two for five? that's a deal
1: unheard of deal unheard of right like it's it's mystical that's like a unicorn right like, yeah like it's, it's like you that's not something you see in your lifetime right so it's a haley's comment uh, deals so my dumbass was like yeah i'll take them. so that friday i end up meeting up with him and uh I, I buy him and i'm sitting in class out of nowhere the principal comes in they're like we need to talk to him and we need to talk to Blake. And I was sitting in the back classroom. I'm fucking. Like eh. nodding off. Yeah, head up and down. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Blake, then you see him in the hall? So I get up, and I'm, like, swaying. I'm like, eh. You're, like, drunk. Yeah. <laughs> i walking like a pimp, but on, not on purpose, right? <laughs> Just swaying them feet. So I get out the hall. And we have a hall monitor that's an ex-Detroit police officer. And the first thing he does, flashlight. Flink, 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 Both eyes. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like in class, <laughs> and they're like, What do you want? And I'm like, Nothing. And they're like, No, we know. And I'm like, No, what? And they're like, We know you're on drugs. Uh, we caught the other guy, he ratted you out. We know you're on. Oh, it. shit follow us to the office, eh, piece of shit like, just because you fall and bust your shit, why rat me, you dick? I could have probably made it. Um, so. I end up going to the principal's office and then I lie to him and tell him I only took one instead of two We're like thinking right. like, 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 like think thinking that would like,
0: matter yeah you know, <laughs> thinking I was
1: gonna get a less punishment like no I only took one of the two like it's not that bad
0: <laughs> oh, nope thinking,
1: thinking that would help me it didn't <laughs> it didn't help me at all and so I end up having to like they, they put the whole school on lockdown they end up Forcing me to go back to the bathrooms with a, the, one another hall monitor, walk them through the scenario of me buying them and taking them and, like, doing a play-by-play like I'm a fucking uh, NFL recording. Fucking, like, so I was standing here, <laughs> I took the water from here, and then I swallowed it here, and then I threw the pill here. It was so dumb, right? So, I do all that, and then they call my parents, and they call one of my parents, my mother, and they're like, hey, we gotta transfer him, he's going to the hospital. And they're like, no! No, don't fucking let him go.
0: Don't fucking let him go. But your mom didn't want you to go to yeah, the hospital? Yeah, no,
1: no, no. They're like, we're going to pick him up. We're going to pick him up. They're like, no, sorry, we can't do that. He's going to have to go to the hospital. Oh, God. So they shut down the entire school. Two ambulances pull up. They put us on trenches, me and the other guy, and we get transferred to the hospital. I'm laid up in the hospital. I'm fucking blitzed. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm, fucking... <laughs> I'm all of it. I'm fucking just can't even talk, right? Fucking this motherfucker comes walking in the office and they're like, hey, you need to fucking pee in a cup. And I'm like, I'm gonna pee in a cup. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just slurring. I can't do anything. And so like my dad helps me get up to this. And this is the most distinct memory I have. I'm standing at the toilet and I got like that jug they want you to pee in oh, yeah. when you're in the hospital. And I'm holding it and I'm just standing there. I'm like, Dad. <laughs> dad i can't pee no oh, no and then he just comes in opens the door turns on the water and then closes the door and he says how's that like, better i just started
0: <laughs> <peeing>. oh my <laughs> god that
1: memory is distinctive in my mind
0: That's so funny.
1: um what, what no, this is where he gets all fucked
0: so <laughs> oh, god!
1: after that whole situation i come a little too they're like we're gonna have to pump his stomach oh wait we're not gonna have to pump his stomach whatever else right a social worker comes in for the hospital, and they're like, hey, Blake, we need to talk to you about the situation, blah, 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 blah.
0: And you're still I'm, fucked up. Yeah,
1: I'm not, like, I'm not super fucked up, but I'm, like, kind of fucked up. I've taken a nap. I'm coming down, like, I'm, I would say I'm, like, a uh, slightly buzzed. Okay. Like, 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 coming down after a really good hangover, like, like, you're coming down, like, like, that kind of, you know? Okay. And they're like, hey, can we talk to you? And I was like, yeah, sure. They're like, do you want to get your family in here? And I was like, dude, you're the doctor. You tell me, what do you want to do here? And they're like, can you please leave? We talk for, I oh, don't 10 minutes. Walks out in the room, tells my parents, and they're like, hey, your son's clinically depressed. He just tried killing himself. We're going to put him in a mental hospital, and you got to sign this paperwork right now, or he's getting taken by the state, and you're no longer <gasps> going to have custody, and no. you're going to have to fight it back. And my parents are like, no, fuck that, fuck that, we're not doing it, we're not doing it. My sister's like, no, we're going to do it, so that way you still technically have custody, we can fight once he's in there, blah, 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 blah. So they sign off on the paperwork, and next thing you know, fucking, it's like 11.45, I'm getting transferred to the mental hospital.
0: Oh my god.
1: And I pull up at the mental hospital at like 12 o'clock, and I'm getting my blood work done at midnight. Oh. i eating these like microwave frozen pizza shits, all fucked up, all dumb as fuck. And I'm there for, like, the next four – I'm there for the next three – I was there for four days, three nights. Huh. Um, and it was a mix of just experiences going to, therapy, to cl- therapy classes, being in the group room, group therapy, talking one-on-one with the doctors. Uh, I was sleeping in a bedroom with three other, me- three other guys in a shared bathroom with a total of six guys. So it was three-in-one room three in another with a jack and joe bathroom in the middle
0: oh my god only one
1: sink one bathroom and the showers were done at 6 a.m woken up room by room with only five minutes in the shower holy um and i was there for the you know four days three nights and after the fourth day my parents ended up throwing such a fit after meeting with the counselor i met with the counselor and the guy even realized like dude you're not depressed, like you just were trying to get fucked up, and you just got the wrong mindset. you need to kind of figure out what you got going on in your own personal life um you're not like necessarily depressed, but you're just trying to find an outlet, so they let me go on a stipulation of doing therapy for two years and everything like that, and I ended up getting out having to transfer schools and uh yeah. That was my time at the mental hospital and my one and only experience on Xanax.
0: That is wild. Okay. Um, so like were the people in your room, like, were they kinda like scary? Uh
1: one guy was um uh, I I apologize if I don't use the, the, the proper term for this because it does change, but mentally handicapped, autistic. Oh. Okay. Um he was not all there, but also a heroin addict. Oh, um one night i woke up in the middle of the night and he was on top of me <gasps> and i don't know what he was trying to do but his like hands were like rat like close to my throat but not like necessarily wrapped around my throat like it was a weird situation i don't know what he was trying to do uh and then the other roommate was a gentleman that um he on his wrist he carved a smiley face oh i know what you're thinking maybe like a small little one no um like he like, cut
0: himself in this like
1: if you were to make a fist with your hand really tight in your right mm-hmm. hand Say you start in the middle of your wrist, go straight up, and then next to it, straight up, and then on the bottom, make a curve going up to those two eyes.
0: Ooh, ouch!
1: That was the smiley face mark that was carved into his arm that he And showed That's why me he was there. advantage. Yeah,
0: oh, that's why he was
1: there. That's rough. Um, or no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wrong guy, wrong guy. That guy was on the opposite side of my Jack and Jill.
0: Okay, the, gotcha, uh, gotcha. He was on the
1: opposite. The other guy that I shared the room with was a gentleman who traded his PS three for a nine millimeter pistol oh. that the guy that sold it to him changed the ammo for a thirty eight so it was the wrong ammo. So when he walked out to his mom in the living room and went to go pull the trigger in front of her, <gasps> the gun jammed. And that's why he was there.
0: Damn. Yeah. That's traumatic as fuck, especially being like what, like fourteen years uh, old? Yeah, I Damn. think the,
1: I, the the age group that I was stuck with was everybody from twelve to seventeen.
0: That is like um, that's like heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, it was it was quite insane. I remember during the group therapy, uh th- what I ended up doing is they were they turned to me and they're like, "Blake, would you like to share?" And I was like, "Yeah, I would share that this isn't helping."
0: Oh, I, and that?
1: I just like I, I I blew it apart. Like I was, I was like, "I don't understand what you what what you think you're going to develop and fix with any of us with just sitting in a room and you telling us to tell you how I feel. Like I'm not able to express. I'm not able to like try to find an outlet like i'm stuck in a room all day and that's where i realized where the whole suicide prevention psych ward aspect of recovery is all a joke because they want more of a controlling not a comprehension or an understanding of how to fix uh they want controlling to where you just don't feel and that's where the medication was coming in every day as well
0: Oh, did they make you take anything? Oh,
1: uh, they made me take a few things. No. Nothing too serious. Even my first day before even seeing a doctor, they had me take something. Fuck. Was yeah. it like an
0: antidepressant? I
1: don't know what it was. I'm assuming it was a, um, um, uh, not necessarily an antidepressant, but maybe like an anti, um, like, um, uh, a depressant maybe of some sort. Like it was some sort of depressant to keep the energies low. Like, oh, like I felt like, okay. like, I felt the entire time of the year, I felt drowsy and like, um, emotionalist in a sense. I don't want to say like, it was like, um. emotionless i feel like is too much of a word um it was more of like um i didn't feel the full emotions of what life was in a sense or everything felt duller it was a weird aspect that it was but i i have no idea what medication was
0: wow yeah that's a little bit scary um not gonna lie but how did you like how did that change like your life when you got out of there um obviously you transferred schools that probably was traumatic as well
1: Uh, well no that wasn't much of a difference because when i was younger i moved around a lot so transferring schools i mean i went to four four or five different elementary schools i did not know that two middle schools three high schools so three high schools yeah so i transferred a lot like uh Mm -hmm. going to a new school meeting new people was never really a big issue for me um the bigger thing that i learned i would say was more just around the the it changed more of my uh, pill intake. I guess you can say, like even to this day, I don't like taking even ibuprofen. Or
0: yeah, like I've offered you ibuprofen before, and you're yeah. like, Mm-mm, mm, nope, nope. No, like I, I, I hate
1: taking pills at this point because of that experience. I had over that, even the the minor is like, um, I, I don't enjoy it. It's not something I, I enjoy the feeling of. I don't like pills at all anymore. Um, it also gave me a really big disdain for, like I said, the the whole mental industry. And the whole um, psychiatric, psychiatric psychiatric thank you <laughs> psychiatric healthcare system when it comes to those mental hospitals, especially as a young adult or a teenager, what they're Yay. doing in there is not what the kids need. Um, and the supervision that they're giving is good, but the people that are there are not good. Uh, I know that the, my counselors and the people that were, were not, the right people to be in that situation uh i felt like most of them didn't care about the actual kids or their mindset or when there was an issue they it seemed like more of a a correctional officer than it did as a um a nurse
0: right and i don't like that they like they wrongfully put you in there i I mean i guess they had to i
1: don't i don't necessarily think that they wrongfully put me in there i used to think that it was bullshit in a sense but looking back at it now in the eyes of that doctor, I can see where she was coming from as somebody older in being able to reflect on those decisions. I can see how looking at a 13, 14-year-old doing two Xanax bars is somebody that is trying to end their life because that's a, that's a lethal dose.
0: I right. Mean,
1: even to some adults, that's a lethal dose, depending on your health conditions. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Um. So... I, looking at it in that aspect and the the mindset I had into it when I should have told her I was just like i like, why did you do it? I don't know. I, I there was no reasoning like I wasn't like like I was sad like I wasn't sad, I wasn't depressed there was no like I wasn't trying to escape anything. it was just why not do it and that was the biggest issue with all of my right um addictions at the end of the day is because it's there. Why not try it you know um so in, in their minds, they were doing what was needed and what was necessary because they're taught that these programs are help these people and do the right things for them, but they never go through them or experience them themselves to truly understand what it brings to that person. Because I'll tell you, the most depressed I've ever been was being there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny, but it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, to this day. I've dealt with some of the hardest depressions I have in the longest time in just the last like three years, but I've never broke down like I did in just the fucking four days of being there. Like right. I, I broke down in tears one night. I couldn't sleep.
0: Oh, that makes me so sad. <laughs> like,
1: like, I like, nothing to what I felt in there is anything I've even felt in my adult life, and that was as a young adult. Wow. So I, th- I don't feel like they comprehend what they think they're actually doing. In that aspect, I mean, granted, granted, compared like I'm not talking for everybody here. Like, I understand my aspect of this is very small, very minute to some people that may have spent, you know, way longer spans or even in and out of the mental hospital. I've talked to a few that have even my my experience has been different. And as we all know, mental health and mental issues do vary person to person. Oh, yeah. These are all just my experiences and how I felt during. If you have different opinions, I completely understand. Let us know what they are. Like, comment, like, tell and speak your mind. Don't get me wrong. But just don't get mad at me for speaking what I right. what I felt during these times. These are not facts. These are not anything that is held accountable, but just how I felt in the situation.
0: Right, right, exactly. Everyone's experience is different with that. And my other question is, how did your parents react to this?
1: Um. Well so that was a a really mixed situation, so initially, when they found out they were angry, of course, um but when we were in the hospital, it was sad, it was devastation, it was concern um at the mental hospital, once we were there, and there was visiting, it was sadness, it was mm-hmm. um you know remorse, it was like, was it our fault? Did we do something wrong and by the time I was released, there we never spoke of it oh wow um, like there was like I got, I got no repercussions I was never grounded I was never in trouble um it was more or less like what happened what caused this you know like let let let's try to figure out the root of the issue rather than punish you for what happened Like like we understand something is something made this happen let's figure it out rather than just punish you and make you feel bad for the decision you had and make it worse they were like no let's resolve this let's figure out what we could have done different as parents at least And the whole drive back and my parents have been divorced since i was two years old um they divorced in the 1990s um after i was born very, i was like 98 yeah i was maybe not even three years old and i was they were divorced um and that drive they, they they rode up to the hospital together to pick me up and we all drove back together. Uh the very first meal I got leaving the place was McDonald's.
0: I was just gonna think like that. It was McDonald's. you're probably happy to have oh, McDonald's. Oh
1: I loved it. I got yeah. the McDonald's sausage burritos. Mm-hmm. Oh, those
0: are the best like for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh I'm my getting God.
1: them tomorrow. That's happening.
0: That sounds so <laughs> good right now. That's <laughs> so <laughs> happening
1: tomorrow. Um so anyways, I, I like we got that meal and um it, they were more concerned about me and just because also when i got locked up too uh nah, i say locked up that, that's
0: so um,
1: <laughs> when i got put in there i was uh it was actually during christmas so i didn't even <gasps> spend christmas at Wait, home with the family christmas. yeah because when i got put in there it was during christmas the, the day before christmas vacation of school
0: oh that's so sad so school
1: went on a two-week break That The Friday that this happened was the Friday before the two-week break for Christmas. Oh,
0: my goodness.
1: Because every school year does the two-week break for Christmas and New Year's. This happened the week before. So, like I said, it happened, like, the 20th or something like that. It was the weekend before Christmas.
0: That's awful. And
1: I didn't get out until the day after.
0: Wow. That's horrible.
1: Yeah. So, that's how it all ended up breaking down. And I feel like it was a mix of all that to where my parents were like, you know, we're not mad at the situation. We just want to understand. And, right. Um, being released, one of the stipulations was is I had to go to counseling for two years afterwards. Um, and I became really close with the counselor, and I did therapy. Um, and I'm a big advocate for therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, I haven't done it in a while, and I'm due for it.
0: I think we all are due. <laughs> very, like very everyone much. can use therapy. Yeah,
1: very much so. <laughs> I'm very due for it. Um, but it it, it did help. And even though i I don't want to say like I was like I was messed up, like sure I had my issues, but not as not as like i like I know there was worse, you know what I mean right like, yes. like, I, like my my story's bad, but I know there's other kids and other and other people out there that have had worse or dealt with more trauma than I have, and um it I don't wanna say like everything. That I went through is the god awful worst in any bit of this situation because, like I said, like the people that were there that I was even roomed with, they went through way worse reasonings. I mean, the kid that like traded a gun went to in front of his mom, like, I, I he needed that situation, needed that therapy, you know. I I feel weird about that whole thing,
0: right? And like, but at the end of the day, you can't just like you can't compare your trauma to someone else's, everyone processes things differently, and it's okay to recognize your own trauma and not compare it to other people
1: true it was um i would say the biggest turning point of the whole thing though um was the 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 group of therapy and i remember one guy he was um he wouldn't say much like he was just always sitting there and then one day he finally like spoke up a little bit and the teacher asked him he was like hey how have you been feeling like what's been going on with you and he just kept saying like the only thing i can think about is just like his sister right mm-hmm. and he said that he hasn't seen his sister in like four years because his sister can't look at him the same anymore after what he just tried doing and that broke me in a sense because it's like okay you know like this is the path that you want to go down you know you're gonna lose family and uh, at that age, even I realized, like, okay, if I'm going to keep doing, you know, Xanax, like, you're choosing a path to drugs. Um, and I kind of came to that realization. But the problem is, is I gave up on that realization later on in life when I fell into the cocaine. Like, I, I, I fell into that exact problem to where even my sister didn't speak to me. Really? Yeah, she didn't speak to me. And one day she called me and she said, what happened to you? You've turned into the crackheaded uncle that nobody talks to. Um, and she had no idea what I was even doing. Like She had no idea what actually I became in that time frame. So when she said that to me, it broke me. Because the person I never wanted to be when I was 13 is literally the person that I became at the age of 19, 20. And I thought that I had my life figured out. But really, I never did. And I fell down that path um as much as i thought that i was fixing myself all those years and those younger years i was never doing anything in the right path because all i cared about was just the story that would that, that could be available for me or what i could be missing out on when realistically i realized that just building yourself could be the best story there is
0: right exactly but like being able to sit here and say and like recognize where you went wrong is everything though like and there's so much growth right there just by being able to like seven years later you're saying this like that I, i'm i sure that your your yourself would look at you now and be really proud like definitely proud
1: i would like to think so i mean um i've definitely um <laughs> i've thought about what's funny is actually uh not too long ago I, how many i mean let's be honest we've all um you 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 were you uh when you were in middle school or elementary school, you wrote a letter to your future self. Oh yeah. Did you ever get that letter from your teacher? I have
0: not. I got mine. <laughs> did you? I got oh my, my letter. God, what did it say?
1: I got my letter. Got my letter. My letter was uh for when I was gonna turn twenty four. Oh okay. Yeah, my sister gave it to me because my sister ended up getting it, and uh, it was when I turned twenty four. But I got it when I was like twenty six. And mine was like, by now, you're going to be married. You're going to be making $100,000 a year. You're going to have a house, two kids.
0: Oh, and God.
1: you're going to be in love. Your wife's going to be working. Uh, your wife's going to be a stay-at-home mother.
0: Oh, I hope. High hopes, huh?
1: And you're going to be a full-time working. Like, I was a sucker for that old-timey fucking love-style bullshit. I think we fun all fact, were. Fun fact. I'm now 27, about to turn 28, not married, no kids, and don't own a house.
0: <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: none of that happened.
0: <laughs> um, but
1: I had these high expectations, and... Uh, I I, I gave up on all of them. I mean, like, it was something that I thought that was going to happen.
0: Well, in this economy, that doesn't really happen anymore anyway. Yeah, I
1: mean, let's let's be honest, we were both in 2007 sleeping when we should have been buying houses. Right, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: exactly. No, like, yeah, I always see memes about that, like, Oh, I thought I would be married and had kids when I was twenty three or oh, like that's yeah. the
1: daily meme. Yeah, we forgot about that at the beginning.
0: Oh shit. Okay, that'll be the daily <laughs> meme.
1: We forgot to mention that. There that, that is. That
0: will be the daily meme. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about?
1: Um, I mean the main I, I guess I guess the, the I so fun fact, Uh, sh- me and her have been planning this podcast now for uh two weeks. Yes. Uh, Yeah, it's been about two weeks. And she told me a week ago, like, you need to figure out your stories. (laughs) Uh, We started recording about an hour ago, and I had none of these stories prepared. These all just kind of came to me throughout, and just different things I felt like sharing tonight. And if you can take away anything from tonight, and um, what's going on is just... No matter the choices that you've made in your past or what decisions or what battles you're facing, there's always a better outcome. No matter how sad or how, you know, or to, you know, uh, well, it's the best way to say this. Oh, here we go. We're going to be really cheesy. No matter how dark the storm is or how, how barren it may seem out there, there's always going to be that silver lining, something to come towards. It may take years it may be a while until you find it. I mean, I've been battling through mine for the last four or five, and I'm just now starting to get into a point to where I'm happy and starting to try to better my life right It's a never ending battle, but just keep fighting it you'll eventually get where you want
0: right exactly and i I just want to thank you for being like so vulnerable and so like open on this and I hope everyone can learn from this um everyone's made mistakes, everyone's done you know things they regret, but like Being able to realize it and then come out on top of it is everything. And, yeah, don't give up if you are going through those issues right now.
1: If you want to hear more of my fucked up stories or anything else that's happened in my past, I definitely talk about some of the more belligerent degenerate stuff over on the all yeah podcast as well sorry shameless plug um,
0: <laughs> no like you i wanted to
1: if you want to kind of ca- backtrack on the 40 something episodes we have no is it 40
0: i think it's like 50 something
1: no we're not at 50.
0: no hold on i'm gonna look you, you Maybe
1: 40 something i'm I, looking like, right like, now maybe 40 something i want to no. say through the 40 something episodes i have talked obscurdly about some of the most degenerate things and i've heard it years um if you're interested in hearing more or understanding a little bit more about me, definitely go and check that out. Uh, we also do interviews with the local artists and other people around the community in the Downriver area, so I do recommend. And it is fifty four. I Holy told you it was the fifties. Okay, I'm wrong on my own recordings. No, uh, we have fifty four out. Um, so if you want to backlog some of those and go check them out, you can find them over on Spotify um and apple music as well
0: yeah and i'll be like i'll be sitting at my corporate office job and i'll be like listening to the degenerate podcast stuff and uh, i love it
1: yeah (laughs) i love it tagline for that one is the podcast for degenerates by degenerates yes
0: that is you guys and yeah, I, I love all of you guys. I'm really, really happy you were able to join today. Thank you so much for joining. Of
1: course. I'm happy to be here. This has been a wonderful time. I uh, would well, like to also mention that you've had a wonderful podcast. I've checked out quite a few of your episodes. It's absolutely amazing. Well, and thank I you. I you're doing here.
0: I'm very new to it and I've been friends with these guys for a while now and I'm just really happy that I'm able to you know we're able to collab a little bit
1: of course um the other thing is I'm going to do a couple other shameless plugs real fast here go ahead uh you need to go check out the pink 50s Mm -hmm. on instagram spotify apple music Bandcamp, anywhere you stream your uh, music platforms look them anywhere Um, look up, Chris if you're a rapper or if you're interested in doing any type of music or beats, look up Chris Center type beats on Instagram. Great plug for that. Yes. Um, if you are a local musician, you want to book shows or looking to get in contact with any artist and or merch, please reach out to me. Once again, all yeah, blanket on Instagram or all yeah, records, all yeah, archives as well. Yeah, I think that's about it as yes, far as the shameless plugs. Plus me. I mean, trust me. Trust
0: me. I will put all those shameless plugs in my bio for this.
1: Uh, you know what? We're putting one more shameless plug okay, in here just ahead. because I love this guy. Uh, Go check out Currency Clothing Co. Oh, yes.
0: yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, go check out Coldman Currency Clothing Co.
0: They have a great that man, Yeah, that, man, that man's
1: that man got some banger right ass shit all the way out. Uh, there was an amazing event every year, Camp Currency. Check that out as well. Another one coming to you in October, I, I definitely
0: will be there for that. Yeah,
1: I believe that's October the next one of that, that one's going to be going.
0: Yeah, so these guys are awesome. Like, follow all those people. Um, and I have a couple. Like, we went through a lot of your life, but I have a, I have a little bit of an outro interview. So the first thing is, um, what inspired you and the crew to start All oh
1: Yeah? Oh my God. All right. Um, so the this is gonna end up being way longer.
0: Wait, um. Shorten it. I know <laughs> the answer, but yeah. <laughs> Uh,
1: so the All oh Yeah thing kind of started a while ago. Um, it originally started with me and Chris. We did a little side project that ended up now working out too hot with some other people. And we um decided, like, you know, we're done. We're getting away from everything. And uh, when the Pink 50s first started, before we did the side project, I helped the Pink 50s do their merch, run the numbers, help do their first show. I ran the door. I showed ran the merch booth. And they were like, dude, you do so great at this. Like, we should, you know, formulate something me and chris end up making the side project side project goes to shit after we end up moving fucking three hours away we move back down river pink 50s are still doing their thing finally me and chris talk to the pink 50s they're like you should open up this all record label and we can start making music together and start making this whole collaboration so all yeah records became birth um we went off of the Natty gods phrase
0: oh yeah
1: and yes. that's where that came from <laughs> uh and then of course the logo is Nettie god's head only yes of course so from there we'd made that and now we are slowly working on what we'd like to call the all yeah uh go uh the all yeah um Enterprise, I guess Ooh, you say. I did
0: not know this.
1: Yeah, the All Yeah Enterprise. So that's where we're trying to develop the podcast and other endeavors that we're trying to make. I'm not going to spoil any of them just yet. Oh,
0: okay. Um,
1: but we are working on a few different endeavors and a few other avenues to help brand and put forth the All Yeah name on top of doing the music, the podcast, and everything like that. Uh, quick little side note for the podcast, what ended up happening for that is uh, one night I was just drinking at the house, and I called up Chris, and I was like, hey, what are you doing tonight? He said nothing, and I was like, come over with your laptop and a bunch of mics. We're recording a podcast, and I invited Natty God. Yeah, God, Dorsey, and uh, Big Jack, and they just all came over one night after, after I was drinking for a little bit, and I was like, let's just sit down and just do this, and the first episode, it ended up getting way more views than we ever expected, and the next thing you know, we ended up escalating it into 54 54- or uh, episodes and interviewing local artists and getting a bunch of great opportunities sponsored by Stroh's uh Pat's Blue Ribbon the Lunar Station Spooky Spooky Films uh we've met so many great connects so many great artists so many great fucking people through doing it um that just all came off of just a drunken whim realistically for even doing the record label
0: wow I didn't know you were the one that uh started but I'm not I'm not surprised at all this guy is so extroverted and fun, just
1: fact, like fun Fun fact and the exact place that we're recording this episode is the exact place that we recorded the first episode of all yeah records no way podcast okay. so if you want to know where we're recording this go to all yeah records on youtube look up the all yeah podcast and go to the very first episode and where you see us sitting in that episode is exactly where we're sitting right now recording this episode
0: i honestly feel really honored right now and special for that yeah, <laughs> fun awesome. little,
1: fun little tidbit. That
0: is awesome. And then, um, so what do you, what do you think the hardest part about running a record label is?
1: Oh, fun fact, I'm sitting where Chris was, and you're sitting where Dorsey was. Oh, where yeah, were you yeah, sitting? Right there next to you. Oh, okay. But yeah, I was sitting on that side. Um, the hardest part is honestly communication, uh, communication and uh, scheduling, uh, yes. because when you're working with, uh, bands and you're working with, um, my group personally is like five six people um communications thing because and not necessarily communication but scheduling um being able to make it work to where everybody's together at the right time because let's be honest we're all adults we work full-time schedules 50 to 60 hours a week depending on who you are you got your own families you got your own kids you got your girlfriends you got your family you know and whatever else is going on in your family at the same time so being able to get together And talk is one of the hardest things. And then the biggest issue with it in my company is we're all friends. Um, Being in business with friends is terrible. Don't fucking do it. Don't fucking do it. It's fucking terrible. Coming from somebody that's in business with friends is fucking horrible. Um, Because the hardest thing to deviate is when I come at you with a problem and I bitch at you for 30 minutes about this issue. I'm going to call you two hours later. I want you to pick that up. But I don't want you to have an attitude with me because this phone call is friend phone call, not business phone call.
0: Oh, yeah. That's hard like, to separate. Like, like,
1: it's super hard. To, mm-hmm. That's the hardest part. Because may I have an issue with what's going on can be completely different than when I'm calling you about 10 minutes later. Because I can call you right now and be like, hey, I'm pissed. Why the fuck isn't this podcast out? Oh, you blah, said blah, blah, blah. fuck. Damn, that's the first time, actually.
0: No. <laughs> you said fucking, but I don't know Same <laughs>
1: First time, you know, like, why? Why the fuck isn't the podcast uh-huh. What's going on with the fucking editing?
0: Stop. Like, are
1: we gonna fucking do anything?
0: Stop.
1: Um. So, and then ten minutes later, I'm gonna want to call you and just, you know, how you doing? What are your plans for the night? Do you want to hang out? Maybe grab a beer.
0: It'll be like, no, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and
1: you, you, you need to distinguish that this time is business time. This time is friends time. And you need to be able to uh, allegate that with them as well to where there's a difference in that. So if you ever plan on being with friends, family, anybody you care about in doing business with, separate that at the beginning to where, you know, when I talk to you about X, Y, and Z, this is business. But when I call you up about WDGY, this <laughs> is for friends and family. You know what I mean? Like yeah. There's a difference.
0: Um, it, have you guys like been able to separate them better now that it's been like a while?
1: Yeah, for a while it was hard. Um, at the beginning was the biggest issue because let's be honest, at the beginning like you're used to just being friends, and when right. your friend blows up on you, you get an attitude. Um, and you kind of hold a little bit of a grudge until you're able to talk it out. But after being with each other for so long, we've developed more of a relationship or, um, in agreement in a sense to where, uh, now we if we're in like the best way to ever is we're in a relationship. Um we we made an agreement, like if there's an issue, we talk about it that day. You don't you, you don't go to bed angry. You don't wake right. up the next day angry, <laughs> like, like it's literally a relationship <laughs> is what you develop with your friends. Uh to where like if there's a moment that you feel that you feel like you were jaded or something that you were overstepped, you speak your mind immediately and you let your opinion known uh rather than just let it build and cause bigger issues. And you just set prior expectations before it goes and letting people know like if you set an expectation like hey i'm gonna set forth on this project i'm gonna have it done on march 14th if march 12th comes around and you're not done yet reach out say hey i'm not completed that 14th day doesn't seem like it's reasonable it's going to be a few days later and then you're prepared and there's no questions on the 14th. Those things are the biggest issues. Because one thing that happened with us is people were too scared to communicate like, hey, I'm falling behind. I can't keep right, up on it. Right, right. But if you're able to just communicate like, hey, this is the issue, nobody's going to be mad at it with you because we're friends.
0: Right, first. exactly.
1: So I understand you have a life. We're not; We're, we're business partners second, friends first. And it's something that it's hard to develop over time. But when we first initially started this business and we were looking at properties, the number one thing that was consistent with every realtor we talked to was anytime you were going into business with multiple people, it failed because of the multiple people.
0: Yes, definitely. It's the number
1: one thing that causes failure is because friends go into business thinking they can do it
0: definitely yeah it hurts it does hurt it's hard to go into business with like anyone that you really know
1: oh yeah it's way easier family a partner um... it's so much easier to bitch at somebody you don't know and you've never known since they were the age of 13 rather than bitching at somebody you've known since they were 13 because i can yell at tom dick and harry and not give a fuck because i don't know anything about their personal life right but i yell at you know johnny and i know that he's had problems with his wife for the last two years and is about to be in a divorce and (laughs) he's breaking down crying in front of me afterwards.
0: Right. But I'm happy that you guys are, you really know, you've known both of them since you were 13? Uh,
1: uh, Dorsey and Chris? Dorsey, I only have known now for six years.
0: Okay, that's a long time.
1: Yeah, I met him when I was 21, 22. No, I met him when I was 24, so no. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I met him when I was, yeah, 24. So it's been four or five years. We're old. Yeah, four or five years. Uh, Chris, I met him in ninth grade.
0: Oh, so right uh, after that yeah, little thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Ninth grade, I met him. Uh, right after that situation, because I finished eighth grade in Taylor. Uh, yeah, I finished eighth grade in Taylor, uh, and then I went to my sophomore year, and I met him in my oh no freshman year, and I met him in my freshman year in JROTC, and we met. Over- you were at J. ROTC. Mm-hmm.
0: What? Yeah. I didn't know
1: this. I'm yeah. learning stuff about him yeah. today, guys. Yeah, I was in an ROTC and <laughs> me and him started talking over my hatchet man necklace and his hatchet man messenger bag for ICP. Oh, and me. that's what sparked the conversation. <laughs> and then the entire time throughout high school, me and him barely talked.
0: What? Like we like, like, like,
1: barely talked. Like, like it was a bare minimal conversation. Oh my goodness. Uh but me and uh, Nattie and God were very close friends through ninth grade. The moment I transferred after the Zanny yes. incident, me and Natty God became instant friends.
0: Oh yeah. God. Natty God's so sweet too.
1: And we were friends the entire time. So fast forward after, you know, all of high school and everything like that, we're in like twenty fucking sixteen now. I'm at a show, I'm seeing Yellow Wolf at the Fillmore.
0: Yellow Wolf's we, awesome.
1: We finished the Yellow Wolf concert, and he's like, "Hey, I got a friend that's playing a show at Simon's after Simon's after Dark," <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, what's up? Let's go." And it's uh, it's it's another rapper and Chris that are performing rap songs.
0: Holy shit! And, and when you saw him, what were you like? Were
1: you like, uh, I, was, I was like, "Is that fucking Chris?"
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> and
1: then me and him became buddies after that, and then we ended up actually, um, quick little shameless plug uh, from there. <laughs> We ended up recording uh, Drunk Vlogs 1 and 2 that are both on YouTube.
0: I've seen those.
1: Um, I bet you have. <laughs> They're pretty funny. I highly yes. recommend. Uh, Drunk Vlogs 1 and 2. It's under Little Odin on YouTube. Uh, or Odin Love, one of the two. Look it up. Uh, so we recorded both of those. And then we went to a couple different things. And slowly over time, me and Chris developed a way better friendship Uh after he uh in the process of recording those videos me and him became way closer and becoming better friends even closer than what we did during high school right that happens sometimes and now i mean he's a person that i couldn't even imagine my life without right fucking you would have told me six years ago me and him would have been best friends i would have never believed
0: it no and yeah i love that for you guys like i know chris well too and they're both just great guys And same with dorsey like they're just a great group so you guys all really need to go listen to them and when can we expect another episode?
1: Um, so, currently, we, if you were to go look at our Instagram and everything, we've definitely been in a bit of a hiatus. Um, we've kind of dissipated. Sadly, me, Chris, and Dorsey have all been dealing with a mixture of some personal issues and some side projects. Uh, me personally, I've been dealing with a lot of classes. I just went to a 12 hour class today. I got another one actually tomorrow at 7am. It's currently (laughs) 11pm. That's Saturday night. Um, I gotta record. I gotta be at a class at 7am tomorrow. Um, Chris is currently doing extra recording schools. Dorsey's helping build his business and his and everything he's got going on. So as it goes, you know, we have personal lives outside of the business. We had to take a bit of a step through uh, uh, the holidays and everything else, but it looks like as of now, we will be back in swing of recording in April to get a few episodes kind of in the books and start releasing, I want to say, after April is what my expectations are. Please don't hold me accountable uh, if you don't see anything by then. Uh, but no, that's around my goal. I'm hoping that we're going to be able to start recording right around 420. Is Right around where, 420. Where, I, want, I want our first episode to kind of be recorded on 420 and start releasing maybe two weeks after. Backlog an episode or two and really kind of get on the, awesome. uh, the spur of things. I'm glad you
0: guys are still going to keep up with it. And the last question I have for you, if you could have one theme song for your life, what would it be? And this is going to be hard for you. It'd be hard for me. All too.
1: right. Allow me to kind of go through my Spotify. Yes. One he
0: has kind of really good music over. taste. He likes everything. Uh, like literally. Everything.
1: Oh, you know what? I don't even need to look. I don't even need to look. I don't even need to look. You know what it is? What is it? Fumbling with the blues, Tom Waits.
0: I will have to listen to that.
1: I'm gonna play it right after this cuts. I mean, I was gonna play it and just put it in the microphone. To you can. All, it sounds. all right, let's see what happens.
0: It will. It'll work. Friday
1: Got to choose. You know the bartenders, they all know my name. And they catch me when I'm pulling up lame. I'm a pool shooting, shimmy shots to shaking my head. But I should be living clean instead. You know the ladies I've been seeing.
0: Okay, so this song is very Blake Very, very Blake, if you know Blake So that's a good one for you I'm yeah, sure it's going to change next week though
1: I don't know, that that Maybe song not? No, probably not, <laughs> that song has been one of my favorites Since twenty. Nineteen, I've been mm. listening to Tom Waits. That song is I love I've loved that song for so long. It's such a beautiful song. Um, I am literally also a pool player. Fun fact Yes, that's when I hear the
0: pool thing, I'm like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: We're sitting in front of a pool table yes, right now. <laughs> we
0: are
1: <laughs> so um and it's it, Tom Waits is just such a beautiful artist, and that song just always spoke to me. There, he's got another one, he's got two other ones that I really love too, Martha and Old Fifty Five. Highly Ooh, recommend I will definitely notes. check them out. I'll play them both tonight. Don't worry.
0: But um, I just want to thank Blake for being on here today. Um, fun fact: I, I was trying to get on the Ah oh Yeah podcast, but I didn't have anything like anything to promote. Uh, they do. I
1: rejected her. <laughs> yeah,
0: he fucking rejected me. Can you guys fucking believe it? He rejected me, and look at me now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not doing great things yet, but I'm coming. I'm coming up. I'm on the come up. Okay. <laughs> but thank you, Blake, for being here. Of course, I'm
1: happy to be here. This Um, is a wonderful time.
0: Yes, it always is.
1: You're a great host. Too bad I didn't let you talk during any of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but Blake's more interesting than me sometimes. So I hope you guys all enjoyed this. Thank you so much for supporting me.
1: Don't forget to like, follow, and give a rating on this spot. Yes. Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you're streaming this
0: podcast. Yeah, have you? yeah no you didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah i did i gave you five stars on your did first you? episode, uh, first okay. episode. Okay. and that was even before i listened to it fun fact i yes. didn't even finish the whole episode i just started it and gave it five stars
0: and you know what so... we should have talked about the promotion pictures to be trying oh <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> fun fact the promotional photos was done at district 142 in wyndotte not yes. a promo but if you want to but hey just saying if you want a shout out like Forty dollars, no. Yeah, no, for real, forty dollars. <laughs> it's forty dollars, maybe
0: fifty. No, <laughs> but thank you so much, and I love you guys, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.
1: Remember, fuck off, degenerates.
0: Yeah, fuck off, degenerates. <laughs>